0: Paramount Pictures presents... My name's Forrest Gump. People call me Forrest Gump. ...the story of a man... Are you stupid or something? Stupid is, stupid does, sir. ...who was good at just one thing.
1: Life. Tom Hanks. I'm not a smart man, but I know what love is. Forrest Gump. Rated PG-13. Starts Wednesday, July 6 at theaters everywhere. Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Forrest Gump starts right now. Okay, we are back with another episode of the Couch Brotato podcast. And with me, as always, is my co-host, my partner in crime, the Robin to my Batman, or however you want to do it, Lucas. Lucas, what's happening, my friend?
0: Not much, man. Hopefully I evolve into Nightwing at some point. So I'm not just robbing.
1: It's happening. I mean, if I'm Batman, like, I'm really, really laying low. Like, I've got a modest house, <laughs> modest car. My wife, she's very beautiful. That part I, I've i got with the uh, with Batman, but outside of that, though, it's not really... The Batman thing's not happening for me.
0: <laughs> well, we're both having dreams about beating the shit out of people, so, you yeah. know, maybe that's our calling. Maybe that or the world of professional wrestling. I don't know. That too. Um, well, this
1: week, uh, we decided to take an episode that Lucas, a movie Lucas wanted to do. And he chose his favorite movie of all time. Am I correct? You said that last that is, week? Yep, that is correct. Okay, uh, this week, we're doing Forrest Gump.
0: Such a great movie.
1: It's a it's a good one. It's a good one. <laughs> we'll get into that here in a minute. Um, but, uh why Forrest Gump, besides it being your favorite movie?
0: Um, I think it you know, it has an interesting uh, story. Plus, I'm a big history buff, so you know, the movie intertwining with history is, is really cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good points. Well, I tell you what,
1: we'll get into the tale of the tape, and then we'll kind of get into a few talking points I got. Does that sound like a plan? Sounds good. All right, the tale of the tape. This movie was released on July the 6th, 1994, uh, directed by Robert Zemeckis, who also did Back to the Future, which you can check out in the vault. Just check us out wherever you listen to podcasts. We did a Back to the Future watch along. Uh, This one stars Tom Hanks, Robin Wright, Gary Sinise, Michael T. Williamson, and Sally Field. The Rotten Tomatoes score for this one is 71% from critics, and it has a 95% audience uh, rating. $683 $683 million at the box office on a $55 million budget. That's pretty and think incredible, that, and that's like,
0: that's like pre-China.
1: That's, yeah, that's over a billion dollars now. I, actually, I think at the time it was like the third or fourth highest grossing movie of all time. Um, accolades, it did win six Academy Awards. It won Best Picture. Tom Hanks won Best Actor, his second in a row. And Robert Zemeckis also won Best Director. Uh, in 2011, this was selected for preservation in the U.S. National Film Registry by the U.S. Library of Congress. And unfortunately, this movie is not streaming anywhere right now, which really baffles me. Second uh, Paramount movie in a row that is not on Paramount Plus. The Wayne's World movies aren't on there either. Come on, Paramount, get your shit together.
0: Yeah, that's an odd choice. You think you would want to have one of the you know biggest movies of its time?
1: Yeah. But Paramount apparently not. They'd rather just give you 9,000 seasons of Star Trek the Next Generation.
0: I'm sure that somebody out there is happy about that.
1: Yeah, we I just pissed somebody off mentioning Star Trek in a sarcastic tone. Um <laughs> while I was doing some research on this, uh 1994, that was a banger of a year for movies. Yeah. Uh, besides Forrest Gump, we had Shawshank Redemption. We had Pulp Fiction, Speed, The Lion King. Clerks came out this year, True Lies, uh, Natural Born Killers.
0: Some pretty good ones. Santa Claus, The Flintstones, Dumb, Dumb and, and Dumber. Yeah, Dumb and Dumber was one too, yeah. Clear Clear and Present Danger, mm-hmm. The Mask. What a year.
1: Yeah, I pretty much lived at the movie theater in 1994. I seen every single movie that you mentioned on that list in a movie theater. Very cool. Yeah. So, is this the best movie of 1994?
0: In my opinion, yes.
1: Okay, why is it the best movie of 94? This is an argument that you and I have had in private many times, and I just want to bring it to the forefront. We have to have the people decide this one for us. Why is this the best movie of 94 to you?
0: to me it's just the acting the the movie itself like you felt you you really wanted Forrest Gump to win throughout this whole thing and you know any movie that makes you want the main character to be the winner at the end of it always always a winner in my book and i just i i don't know maybe i just like tom hanks more than than the actors in the other movies in 94
1: Well, with that, uh, doesn't Forrest Gump pretty much win in life outside of uh, not getting Jenny to, to love him? I mean, he becomes a college football hero on accident. He becomes a billionaire. He gets fame and recognition. The only thing he doesn't get is Jenny, which he does at the end. And sorry if I'm spoiling right. the movie for you, but this movie came out in '94, gang.
0: Yeah, you've had if, plenty if of time to watch it by now. Then there's something really wrong with you. Yeah, but yeah, you're you're right. He does win a lot, but I don't know. Maybe it's the uh, maybe it's the underdog part of it. You know, the fact that he's mentally slow. Um, I don't know if I, I don't know if I can actually relate to it, but I feel like you know the the whole underdog story, the guy that can you know make his life great through adversity i kind of relate to that so i feel like i really even as a kid i always felt like i related to forrest gump somehow
1: mm. okay well those are fair points um i of, of the belief and i even believe uh, had this belief back when i seen him in 94 that i didn't think it was the best picture of 1994 and what,
0: uh, which one did you think was?
1: Uh, I still believe this to this day that uh, Pulp Fiction is the best movie of '94. Um, I felt it the minute I got out of the movie theater from seeing. Like, actually, funny story about that, real quick. I couldn't go see that. I had to have uh, these this older couple buy me a ticket to get into it because for some reason our movie theater had these high standards that they weren't letting kids see rated R movies at this yeah. time. The only period they ever done this was like the summer of 94. That was it. They didn't give a fuck about it any other time, but 94. And I wish I knew those people. Yeah, I wish I knew those people. I would give them a shout out right now. But Pulp Fiction did something that I had never seen in a movie prior to that. And they just, they had this narrative, like you'd never really seen a movie filmed and like put together the way that was like the jumping time frames back and forth. The real snippy dialogue. Like they really embraced pop culture in a way that I had never seen a movie done before. And it just, it's something that I had never seen at the time. And now you see it constantly. Anytime Mm -hmm. there's a crime movie with an ensemble cast, they try to capture the magic of that movie and no one's done it quite as well. And then, uh, even Shawshank Redemption, which, uh, I don't know if you know this, but, uh, Pulp Fiction, Shawshank, and uh, Forrest Gump were all nominated for Best Picture 94.
0: Which they, they should have been. Now, I one point that I will agree with you is I think that Quentin Tarantino should have won Best Director. Yeah. Now, I, I I still think that Forrest Gump is the best movie, but I feel like Quentin Tarantino is the best director.
1: Yeah, which I notice the Academy does that more now. They will split the vote to reward somebody who... They may not think the movies as like good as the best picture, but they'll still give like the best director for like, Oh, hey, you know, you did an awesome job. This is gonna be your reward. You're not gonna win best picture, but you're gonna get best director. Yeah. But back then it's usually if you won best director, you're winning best picture too.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, but I the point that you make about Pulp Fiction is a really good one. And I love I love Pulp Fiction and I love Shawshank Redemption too. Um Neither one of them are as quotable, so that's another. It's another thing with, with uh, I, Gump.
1: that. I don't. I will disagree with Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction has a ton of quotable dialogue, and we have used Shawshank in dialogue before. We even described our work situation back earlier this year, as you and I were Andy and Red in Shawshank. That's true. Which you ended up being Andy. You got out before I did. <laughs>
0: Neither one of us are at the uh, Pacific Ocean swimming in Mexico. We are not San
1: Juan (laughs) Taneo yet. But no, like even Shawshank. I think Shawshank is just, just a beautifully acted, a beautifully just written story that just seems like you can put that movie in the 1940s and you can put it in contemporary times and it still is as great then. And like watching Forrest Gump today, I still think it's a great movie. But it doesn't resonate with me. As I've gotten older, it doesn't quite resonate with me the way that it did back in 94, whereas the other two do that. And I think when I described in the Dark Knight episode, I said that the Academy should go back and just like five years re- redo their uh, their Oscars and like, hey, we made a mistake. This would be one of those years I think they could do that too.
0: That's a, you know,
1: I- But hey, like I said... It just I, Forrest is a good movie, and I think Tom Hanks is phenomenal. It's really well acted. Uh, Robert Zemeckis did something at the time that really you didn't see a lot of, but it just I don't know. It's sometimes it comes across to me as a little too sappy. Yeah, but still a great movie. I'm not dogging it at all, and I think it's going to be a really good, really good episode. I'm really uh, I want to hear your enthusiasm in this one because you said this is your favorite movie. So it you,
0: is. So you better fucking act like it when we talk about it, dude. The fucking and the, and the music in it. Oh man.
1: Oh, music hey. In it.
0: Hey, we're ta- we're going to talk about the soundtrack. It's coming. I'm, I'm giving you that enthusiasm.
1: Okay. <laughs> Put your, you can pull your pants up, please. All right. We'll get into uh, the research corner here real quick before we dive into the categories. Um. First off, uh, Bill Murray, John Travolta, and Chevy Chase all turned down the role of Forrest Gump. Thank goodness. I, I can't see any of them as Forrest Gump. None of them. Yeah. Travolta, maybe. But, I mean, we wouldn't have gotten Travolta in Pulp Fiction either. True. Um, I don't know. Uh, were you a fan of the movie Night Court or the tel- television show Night Court? Uh, 80s program. I- it's probably a little before your time. Yeah, it's a like little most, most of the people that listen to this show probably don't remember this show, but uh, Harry Anderson, he was the uh, the star of the television show Night Court, was mm-hmm. actually the first choice to play Forrest Gump. Hmm. But uh, studio he- st- studio shot him down. And then uh, he also considered Bill Paxton.
0: Huh. For Forrest yeah, I Gump. See- I, I think I could see Bill Paxton doing this.
1: I possibly could see that too. And then um, author Winston Groom, who wrote the Forrest Gump book, wrote the character with John Goodman in mind to play
0: him in a movie. Now, I wonder if that's... Was was the show Roseanne out yet? Yeah, yeah Roseanne okay. was already on the air. I wonder if that's why. I wonder if he saw him on Roseanne and saw that working class... Guy, and you know, thought that would be a good fit.
1: Well, uh, in the book, I guess Forrest Gump is like 300 pounds plus. Oh, so that kind of makes sense too because John Goodman's a big fella, yeah. not so much now, but he was, right? um David Allen Greer, Ice Cube, and Dave Chappelle all turned down the role of Bubba. Ice Cube is quoted, quoted as saying he didn't want to play an idiot, and Dave <laughs> Chappelle thought it would bomb. Chappelle says in interviews later on, he regrets turning down the
0: role. Yeah, I would too. You know, this movie won an Oscar, so it, mm-hmm. it won a couple of them. So anytime, you know, you turn down a an Oscar-worthy movie, I'm sure you've, you feel that for a while. Oh, I'm sure.
1: Uh, I thought this was kind of funny. Uh, Warner Brothers held the rights to the film originally. Uh, they uh, decided to... Uh, opt out after Rain Man had come out because they thought the the idiot savant, the dim-witted lead, Rain Man had mm-hmm. kind of milked that for all they could get, and they didn't mm-hmm. think it would be successful. So they traded with Paramount. Paramount owned the rights to a little film called Executive Decision. Mm. So they traded film rights for that. So Paramount got Forrest Gump, and Warner got Executive Decision.
0: I wonder if that's like a... Almost like a call him up, hey, I'll trade you this first round pick if you give me this other, you know, give me a first and a third. Oh, I'm sure that
1: it works just like an NFL war room on draft day. <laughs> I hope so. And uh, Kevin Costner probably pulled off the trade.
0: If he didn't, then I'm very sadly disappointed. If he doesn't
1: call the executive at uh, Warner Brothers a pancake eat motherfucker like he does on draft day, then... <laughs> um jody foster nicole kidman and demi moore all turned down the role of jenny just turned Mm -hmm. out to be a good thing i can't see any of them playing jenny i think they robin wright was perfect for that yeah um i did not know this until researching this today but uh the scene where uh young Forrest is in the room and elvis presley's playing guitar Mm -hmm. that's the voice of kurt russell Oh, the of Elvis? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kurt Russell's voice of Elvis, which is funny because he plays Elvis in a made-for-TV movie back in 1979. That's Directed really cool. by John Carpenter. Huh. Really? Yeah, yeah that was really cool. Um is. Tom Hanks' brother Jim doubled for him during many of the running scenes.
0: Not the Jim we know.
1: Not the Jim we know, but Jim Hanks. Which, uh... Digging into Jim Hanks's IMDb, he is the star of a little film from the early 90s called The Bikini Car Wash, which many people probably seen on Skinamax in the 90s at 11.30, 12 o'clock in the morning. Oh, boy. Yeah. And then uh, the last one that I have is uh, Tom Hanks didn't receive a salary for this movie, opting for percentage points from The Profits. In doing so, he brought home an estimated... I've seen three or four different numbers for this, but I just went with the high one. An estimated $99 million for this movie after profits and everything were taken into consideration. Most of I've seen 40 to 65, but somebody also had a $99 million number on there, and that was from two years ago. So that's the number I went with.
0: Now, is that like accruing over time, or is that... Well, I'm sure like when they
1: make... Like points that's uh, the film's box office, what they bring home on home video as well. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it also means like if they were to sell the film rights to, I don't know, say like AMC or uh, the Paramount Network or MTV or whatever, they sell that and then they receive profits from that too. So that
0: yeah, that makes sense. Kind of makes me think of Scarlett Johansson suing Disney right now because. They kind of fucked her out of some money.
1: Yeah. Well, we're not talking about Black Widow. She's not in Forrest Gump. At least I don't think. That's,
0: she, you never know. She may be one of the extras.
1: Well, they do all that time-traveling stuff in those movies, too. So. True.
0: All right. you have anything for the research corner? Yes, sir. Um, so the necklace worn by Lieutenant Dan is a rosary with St. Christopher uh, on it. Inscribed, uh, Protect Us in Combat. It was worn by uh it was worn in Vietnam by Gary Sinise's brother in law, Jack Treese, uh, in nineteen sixty seven and sixty eight. Oh wow. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. And it's nice to have something that's you know, realistic to you know, the time. Mm-hmm. Um during the ping pong matches, there is no ball. It's all CGI. Yeah. So they CGI'd the ball to where the uh, actor's hand was. Oh, really? Yeah. Shit, I can't play ping pong like that either.
1: No, I can't either. Not even close. Like, I am the clumsiest ping pong player. Put on
0: God's green earth, and it shows if anyone's ever played me in that. (laughs) That actually reminds me. I saw a TikTok of this grandma playing ping pong, and she fucking fell into uh, like this big hutch, (laughs) fell over a whole bunch of chairs. Like, Oh, no, Grandma. She's probably like, I've seen Forrest Gump. I could do this. (laughs) Um, The Medal of Honor ceremony when Forrest Gump gets it um, is actual footage from a ceremony for Samuel Davis, who was awarded the Medal of Honor on November 1968 by President Lyndon B. Johnson for Mm -hmm. uh, for his actions in Vietnam a year earlier. They superimposed Tom Hanks' head onto his body. Oh, wow, they did? Yeah.
1: I've seen a, a making of today. Uh, there's a Netflix series called The Movies That Made Us, mm-hmm. and their new season just came out, and Forrest Gump was one of the movies that they did. So I think, oh, that'd be cool after the movie. I'll watch that too. And the scene where he meets um, John F. Kennedy mm-hmm. to get the handshake motion right, they put John F. Kennedy on the blue screen, and they tried to mimic the handshake.
0: Hmm. That's really cool. Mhm. It worked out.
1: Yeah, uh I'd highly recommend checking out that uh that episode after you listen to us. There's got some some really cool stuff in there that we can't explain. And I thought it was kind of cool, but
0: you know, we got to make some edits so they couldn't make All the right. cut for us. <laughs> um Despite playing his mother, Sally Field is only 10 years older than Tom Hanks. Mhm. Yep. That that's gonna get addressed later on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um and I found this kind of interesting. Tupac Shakur auditioned for the role of Bubba. Really? Yeah. I could
1: I never seen that. That's actually kind of yeah.
0: cool. Yeah, I saw that on there. I thought that was I thought that was really interesting. Hmm. I hope no, that I it, don't know
1: I hope it's not one of those Sorry. things where uh like Tom Hanks didn't get dragged into the East Coast, West Coast battle between him and biggie who do you think he would have taken well if tupac would have been cast as bubba i think he would have sided with tupac that's what side (laughs) i was on in that west coast huh yeah both are great rappers but i would be a west coast guy fair enough all right Uh, that is
0: all the research that i have sir
1: all right some good stuff good stuff uh there was a ton of like really cool little tidbits in here like we just usually cherry pick the best ones that we we like, but yeah, there's tons of really cool stuff about this movie, too.
0: Yeah, there was pages and pages and pages.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, we will now go into the I Drink Your Milkshake Award for the best scene of the movie. I drink your milkshake. <laughs> I drink it up. Um, You know the routine. I usually have five, and then Lucas will chime in with some uh, selections that he had that differ from mine and then we picked the winner. The first one that I have is a uh, Forrest speech in Washington after he comes home from Vietnam. Uh, mm-hmm. really uh cool that uh there was only fifteen hundred people at that and they digitally added the rest of the people into that scene.
0: Yeah to make it like a hundred thousand people. Mm-hmm. That's um, wild.
1: Yeah. And in case you were wondering what Forrest says during his speech that gets cut out by uh, that Army, I think it was an Army general, a high-ranking Army official. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to bust rank on anybody here. uh, Well, you
0: know that we'd get corrected if we did.
1: Yeah. A high-ranking Army official pulls the plug on the microphone. But uh, Tom Hanks, in an interview, says that, uh, Forrest says in that speech, uh, sometimes when people go to Vietnam, they go home to their mamas without any legs. Sometimes they don't go home at all. That's a bad thing. That's all I've got to say about that.
0: Hmm. Seemed deep. like his speech was a little longer than that.
1: I'm sure he probably slowed it down much slower than I do. Yeah. Um. I also have the uh, the big storm at sea when uh, Lieutenant Dan has his, basically his come to Jesus moment with accepting the fact that he didn't die in combat. Mm-hmm. And, of course, after that, they survive, their tide turns, and they become uber rich shrimp boat captains
0: yeah the sh- uh god was looking out for him and gave him all that shrimps
1: yeah i just like that scene because like that's kind of like if i just say one day you know fuck it <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of how i want to go out just like fuck it this is how it's going i'm prepared to accept anything at this point um the uh running across america montage scene lucas have i told you how much i love a montage you I think you have mentioned it. I, I, I your... do enjoy a good montage sequence and uh this one is really good. Um doing Ooh,
0: the Texas Mountains. <laughs> that
1: that ought to be whenever I introduce one. We should just do that. Yeah. Um there, uh, in the research, this scene almost didn't happen. Paramount thought it was too costly to put like all the locations together. So uh Robert Zemeckis and uh, Tom Hanks paid for the scenes themselves. And in exchange, they wanted a bigger cut of the movie's profits, which we all know now that was a good call. Yeah. Um, uh, Forrest uh, meets his son for the first time, which, uh, pay attention, that's a very young Haley Joel Osment. Before
0: he sees dead people, he's Forrest Gump's kid. Also, he looks exactly the same as he did when he was a kid, and it creeps me out every time I see him. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, he looks older now because he is older. Or are you yeah, just talking about that? Like... Okay, you're talking about from The Sixth Sense from Forrest Scump. He looks like, okay. I thought you said he looked the same. Now, like, he's older now. He's probably in his 30s. Uh, the last scene that I have is the uh, Forrest visits Jenny's grave, and then little Forrest gets on the bus. I kind of combine them together. Uh, that does yeah. kind of hit you in the feels a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I couldn't imagine the losing the love of your life like that. And then uh, I did like the the bus scene because it's kind of a callback to the when Forrest gets on the bus for the first time.
0: Yeah, <laughs> shows you the difference in time too, because the bus driver was smoking when he got on there, and the 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 bus driver for Forrest Junior was uh, chewing gum.
1: Well, it is played by the same actress, but my wife and I were
0: trying to figure out
1: if. It's the same woman that picked Forrest up or whether that's her daughter?
0: You know, I was wondering the same thing. I don't know. That's uh might be good for a category later, you know? An yeah. added category. Maybe. Um I have uh Jenny letting him sit on the bus with her. So when they when they meet for the first time. You can I sit here the- if you don't. <laughs> Can't sit here. Um Forrest breaking off his braces and running for the first time. I I almost had that one on there, too. Uh, When Forrest saves the soldiers in Vietnam, I think that's a big-time scene. I think that's pretty awesome. Shows you the kind of character he is, even though technically he wasn't trying to save them. He was looking just for Bubba. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he he ended up saving pretty much his whole troop from uh, ambush. And I read... um, when I was doing my research, this could have went in research corner, but um, soldiers that seen this movie said that was the most realistic interpretation of Vietnam they had ever seen. Really? Yeah, because you couldn't see the enemy. You just saw the the flash, the muzzle flash Mm -hmm. from their guns. Because a lot of of soldiers, um, a lot of Vietnam soldiers, like northern Vietnam soldiers, would tie themselves to trees and shoot it the americans and the south vietnamese Mm -hmm. so even if you killed them you didn't know because they would they'd be stuck to the trees
1: right Hmm. um
0: let's see i have washington dc with the black panthers and the speech at the mall you already had that one um i think that's really (laughs) sorry for ruining your black panther party Mm. i think that's really funny um, and then I also have the end when Jenny comes home, when she passes away, and when the son goes to school. Um, oh, you combined had, all those as one? Yeah, yeah, I, makes I had sense. That is one like continuous scene. Hey, we can cheat on here because that's what we do.
1: Uh, it's
0: our podcast. Yeah. Um, I like the the part at the end where the and it's at the beginning too. The feather kind of symbolizes I, in my opinion. I don't know if this actually is true, but symbolizes Jenny finally turning into a bird like she prays to be and being able to fly away.
1: Hmm. I never really thought of it like the feather like that. I always thought of it as like kind of life is like a feather can kind of take you wherever the wind blows.
0: Hmm. That's a good interpretation too.
1: I like it. I came up with that one stone one day back in like the late 90s.
0: Just kind of thoughts and shower thoughts are like the best thing ever. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't do drugs, kids. Unless you can do them legally like
1: I did. <laughs> don't do drugs, kids. Don't listen to Uncle Lucas. All right, so what's <laughs> going to be the uh, the winner of this category? Or did you have any more before we awarded the winner? No. Not I not was going to say, I stepped on uh, your shoes last week, and you called me out on it personally. You said I was a dickhead for doing that.
0: Yeah, I, I called you up right after. I was like, you son of a bitch.
1: Yeah, threatening to quit. I was like, well, <laughs> you don't get paid for this, so I mean um so what's uh what's your winner
0: oh man it's tough uh maybe probably the end just because it all you know when when jenny passes away and it all comes together that that big emotional ride through his whole life of loving jenny you know after he had met her and she was kind to him and then he helped her with her dad and you know just her periodically showing up through his life and Then it all culminated with them having a kid together and her passing away. I thought that was, I think that's just a great emotional scene.
1: I see, like, I actually am going to vote for the Running Across America montage. First off, I do like a montage. I'm a a sucker for them. Uh, But also, like, you just get, like, the really good stuff with, like, uh, he comes up with the the shit happens bumper sticker. Sometimes <laughs> I still laugh every time when uh, he goes, "Whoa, you just ran into a huge pile of shit!" And then like <laughs> it's like it happens, and then he creates the "Don't worry, be happy" smiley face too. Uh, no. Really incorporates like the soundtrack, which I think is a star in its own right in the movie. Which we were not going to dig into that just yet, but you get. Uh, I think three or four really good songs off that soundtrack in this yeah. too. Uh, yeah. And then like after uh, realizing that like Paramount didn't want that sequence in the movie and then Robert Zemeckis and Tom Hanks gambled on it. Basically they paid for it themselves to make sure it was in there. So that's kind of got to be my winner.
0: Yeah. That, it's hard. I mean, God, you made some good points.
1: And I do I do know you love some montage. I do. Not my this isn't my favorite montage. We haven't done my favorite montage yet, which I've put it up for vote twice and it's lost both times. So that Any might be spoilers
0: on, on what that is. No,
1: I'm not I'm not spoiling it 'cause then it just they people could not vote for it out of spite. <laughs> um yeah, I'm that's the one that's gonna win for me.
0: Okay. Well, uh how about we uh we award different Scenes this time.
1: Yep, split vote. That I'm split I'm good vote. with that. Good with that. Splitting the vote. All right. So now that leads us into the King Kong ain't got shit on me award for the best line of the movie. King Kong ain't got shit on me. Uh, you did mention earlier this is a very quotable movie. There are at least three or four really iconic lines from this movie, so these are probably gonna be mentioned at some point. So mm-hmm. Um, I have, uh, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get, which makes a lot of sense, especially being an adult
0: seems to be more (laughs) and more true. Uh, run, forest, run. Mm -hmm. Now Uh, think about you and I were both, you know, you were a little older than me in the nineties, but both of us, I'm a little older than you right now too. That is, I wasn't frozen
1: like captain America. I am still older than you, but go ahead.
0: You weren't. Well, shit, this ruins things. Um, no, like you know, you and I grew up in the '90s. You know, how many times did you hear "Life is like a box of chocolates" and "Run, Forest, Run"? Mm-hmm. Like a million and a half times. That those those two lines alone are insanely quotable.
1: Right. Um, I do like uh, Bubba telling Forest all the different ways you can prepare shrimp. Mm-hmm. I think that's really good. Um, Stupid is as stupid does. Also makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'm not a smart man, but I know what love is. I do like that one too. So those are my five.
0: That's actually how I feel every day. Mm-hmm. I, I, say, I tell that to uh, our number one fan, Tina, every time. I'm not a smart man, but I know what love is. I'm actually surprised it was... A half an
1: hour into this episode before we finally got a Forrest Gump impression. <laughs> You're what? How was it, by the way? That was I say, I'd give it a good solid six and a half. The hey, Olympics I'll are going that. on right now, so that has a good chance to get you on the medal the medal podium.
0: I will take a bronze.
1: We actually uh, right now the scores are coming in. Uh, the Russians gave you a six. The United States gave you a ten. So I think that's
0: that's an eight. That sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, now we we share notes before we come on there. So that's I, um,
1: well, that's why our we're such a good podcast is because we know what we're going to talk about ahead of time.
0: That's true. Everybody should listen to us.
1: They should tell tell all their friends. Tell their friends, and then they can tell their friends, and then tell their friends, their friends, and so and on, and <laughs> so on. Uh, call back to Wayne's World, which we did last week. Go check it out right now. But go ahead. Sorry.
0: No, you're good. Cheap plug. Um, I wanted to grab different lines than what you had. Um, so, you know, when he's done running uh, in the montage, he turns around says, I'm pretty tired. I think I'll go home now. Mm-hmm. Um, Forrest, uh, when he says, me and Jenny go together like peas and carrots. mm mm-hmm. um, When... Um, Jenny finds out that he's going to Vietnam. She tells him, she says, listen, you promised me something, okay? Just if you're ever in trouble, don't be brave. You just run, okay? Just run away. Mm -hmm. Which he does before he realizes that he outruns everybody and leaves, you know, Bubba behind. Um, I'm trying to remember if this was after his mother died. But it was it was around the time when his mom was dying, at least. Um, mom always said dying was part of life. I sure wish it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, that's a heavy line. It is. He went deep. And then uh, when Bubba's dying on the, the river in Vietnam, Bubba was my best good friend. And even I know that ain't something you can find around the corner. Mm-hmm. Bubba was going to be a shrimp and boat captain, but instead he died right there by that river in Vietnam.
1: Yeah. Those
0: so those are, are my quotes.
1: Um I did have two that didn't make the cut, but they deserve a strong consideration. Uh when Forrest tells President Kennedy he's got a pee, he <laughs> yeah. still cracks me up, and when Lieutenant Dan tells Forrest and Bubba to take care of their feet, I hate when my feet get wet, and I've lived by that motto ever since I seen that movie. Like I do not like having wet socks. So, yeah, if
0: this is kind of my weird thing, if if I take my socks off, I will not put the same pair of socks back on. I have to change them
1: on the same way,
0: same Even way. Even if it's for like two minutes, I can't do it. Yeah, did we just become best friends? <laughs> yep. We're right. gonna do karate in the garage after this episode. We're gonna put the bunk beds
1: together. All right, so what uh what wins for you? I I think it's got to be uh life is like a box of chocolates just because it was pretty much everywhere after this movie came out.
0: Yeah, I was going to say that or uh, run for us, run. Yeah. Cuz anytime as a kid, if anybody ran on the playground at school, it was run for us, run. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, life is like a box of chocolates is one of the most iconic movie lines, so yeah. Yeah.
1: All right, well, we'll just give it to Life is Like a Box of Chocolates. Um, We are in agreement. In agreement. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to go into the rest of the categories, including perhaps a new one. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. feels weird taking a, a bit of a break.
0: Yeah. We, we don't, don't break do them up like that. Often.
1: But we've got a lot yeah. to go into, so I figured we'd give ourselves time to to decompress, get a drink if we need to, and continue.
0: Nice little seventh inning stretch.
1: That's right. Uh, now that takes us into the Lou Brown, give him the heater for the best bit performance
0: in the movie. Get about the curveball, Ricky. Give him the heater. Um, you switch. do see how I tied those two together. Right? I did. I
1: like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> Um, I actually have uh, two nominees for this one, and I've got reasons why. So uh, my first nominee is Gary Sinise. He's in it a little more than we we normally like, but this movie's really five characters, and that's it. Yeah. So it's kind of tough to give like a supporting... It's either you nominate one of the the people that's under Tom Hanks, or you just give it to somebody that's in the movie for like, 10 seconds so Uh,
0: yeah
1: that's a fair point so uh gary sinise uh didn't know that this was only his second movie role really yeah he was a famous theater actor out of uh, steppenwolf in chicago that uh tom hanks recommended for uh for this but uh yeah he makes the most of the 21 minutes of screen time he's in he's really good and he kind of runs the gamut he's kind of arrogant and very sure of himself to somebody that can't accept that his fate is different than it was intended, and mm-hmm. then he kind of redeems himself. I, I really like that. I think in most years he probably would have won the Oscar, but the fact that he was going up against Martin Landau, who won, which he's actually really good in Ed Wood, but I don't think he deserved to win it that year. And then Samuel L. Jackson was nominated for Jules and Pulp Fiction. who That's who should have won.
0: Yeah, I thought he was excellent in Pulp Fiction.
1: Yeah, I mean that's he crafted the the most iconic character in Tarantino's universe, really, one of them. And he didn't win, so fucking a crime. But I think if Gary Sinise, if this movie would have came out any other year, he probably would have won. But it's just one of those years where like a lot of good performances just like get overshadowed by even grander performances. Yeah. Um and then I also nominated the soundtrack, which we have done this before with our Raiders mm-hmm. episode where we nominated John Williams, who did the score for Raiders. Uh, I'm doing the soundtrack, just kind of a reason to talk about it a little bit. I love the the soundtrack to this movie, even if Zemeckis kind of does the Doors a little too much in this. I think there's like four or five Doors songs in this.
0: He really likes the Doors.
1: He must be a fan. But uh, I really like the soundtrack. It kind of... I think it's a really it's a good character in the movie it kind of pinpoints where you are in the timeline of Forrest Gump's life because the songs mm-hmm. kind of ref- like are from the specific era which I really right. like that too. And plus like the songs are just really good. I mean that's a really mo- good movie soundtrack.
0: Yeah. Uh, I agree. Um you got Hound Dog by Elvis Presley. Mm-hmm. You got Fortunate Son by Creedence Clearwater Revival but that's which is a- that's an anti-war song too, which they play as Forrest is going into Vietnam.
1: Which they do that a couple of times. Like the the songs kind of foreshadow the event. Like uh, the "Running on Empty" song is played during the running montage.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, also, yeah. didn't know it, but that soundtrack is uh, sold over twelve million copies. Oh wow! I own that soundtrack. Do you? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't anymore. I don't own CDs, but very few. But yeah, I own that that soundtrack at one point.
0: I mean, it it's got some great stuff on there. And then, um, I think for for me, this soundtrack and like the Guardians of the Galaxy movies mm-hmm. are, I feel like the the music is almost as big of a character as some of the characters are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh. It,
1: they don't really do it too much anymore, but soundtracks are a really important part of the movie, and I wish that they would put more of them together. Like, they really put thought into them. They don't really do that anymore. But people yeah, don't buy music
0: anymore either. That's true. I mean, you can just go and download the music. So, mm-hmm.
1: um, I'm going to call this one a... T- like, I'm nominating both of them. I, I'm going to give it to both of them for that reason.
0: Uh, who do you have? Um, I have Sally Field. Okay. A- as... Um, Forrest Gump's mom because, um, I don't know, she just, she really convinced me that she's, you know, a mother that'll do anything for her son. Well, and she, she does. She <laughs> she fucks the principal. <laughs> yeah. Your mama sure do care about your education, son. <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny story. I just thought about this. Uh, when I was in school, We watched this movie, and I got in trouble for imitating the moaning sounds too much. My teacher got pissed off at me, so I got uh, got attention for it.
1: They let you get away with it, but then it's like, okay, that's enough, Lucas, and then you just kept beating the dead horse? I did. Okay. (laughs) Kudos to your teacher for letting you at least do it for a couple of seconds. I mean, most teachers, I would have known, like, nope, that's enough. Stop.
0: (laughs) I am uncomfortable.
1: I'm, I'm not having – or I'm having a good time not. Not. Another Wayne's World reference. Check them out from last week. Um, but who do you have? Uh, anybody else or Sally Field, no, your winner? Just Sally Field. Yeah. I would have probably nominated her, but she's in another category. Actually, the next one coming up. So I can't really give it to her. She can't go on a run like we had last week. Um, so that's your winner.
0: That yeah, that's who I have as my winner. Okay. Although, I feel like uh, after hearing your argument, I would I would go with the soundtrack.
1: Yeah, the soundtrack's really good. I'd probably give it to the soundtrack over uh, Sinise just because Sinise is in the movie a little too much. But I really wanted to talk about him for a minute, so that's why I nominated him because he's really good and I like Gary Sinise as an actor.
0: Well, plus he took this character and made it like a whole thing for the Army. You know, they do USO shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he he's does been... it pretty much as the character.
1: Yeah, he's won a couple of uh, humanitarian awards doing that stuff, too. That's really cool. The yeah, Lieutenant just... Dan Band.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what, That's what they do for the USO.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. So the soundtrack's going to be the winner?
0: Soundtrack's the winner.
1: All right. Uh, The Eric Stoltz Award for the performer you would recast. This is where I go into Sally Field. Um, Not taking anything away from her. I really like her. But there was a movie that she'd done in 1988 called Punchline, where she stars as a bored housewife who decides to become a stand-up comic. And through her uh, tour of the comedy clubs... Becomes romantically involved with another comic who's played by Tom Hanks. Mm. So That's how that's how pornos start. That is how that's that's actually how they do start. Yeah, good point. Um <laughs> But the fact that uh she's only ten years older than Tom Hanks when this movie was made, and then seeing her in Punchline, where they're like kind of romantically involved, I just I can't see her as his mom. I wish they had to maybe cast somebody a little older. Like uh, Diane Weist, who I don't think you know the name, but uh, she's been in a bunch of movies. Did you ever see Parenthood with Steve Martin? Yes, she's uh, Joaquin Phoenix's mom. Uh, I'm
0: Although, which now, now up, I looked,
1: I, I looked it up. She's not much older than Tom Hanks either. Or like someone like Ellen Burstyn, who was in the the Exorcist movie. She was Reagan's mom. Oh, okay. I could see someone yeah. like that. Someone of that ilk. Playing force mm-hmm. Mom, maybe someone that's older but not like too much older. So that's who I would recast. But like I said, it's it's really more of a personal issue with Sally Field, just because I've seen her in a movie where she's involved with Tom Hanks in a, a relationship. Is my only rationale for not for wanting somebody else.
0: Well, and that that movie came out not too long before this, you know, six years. So I'm. That's understandable. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have anybody um, for this. Um, I'm really happy with the casting. Yeah. But I'd also never seen that movie. So,
1: Well, it's like I explained to you before we started recording. It's really not that great. So you're not missing anything if you don't see it. <laughs> That's when Tom Hanks' career was like kind of up and down. He'd make a good movie. Make a few turds. Make a good movie. Turd here or there. That's before he became America's actor
0: gotta go through the uh, trials and tribulations I guess
1: right all right our next category is a new one may may show up from time to time uh, we brought it up for this one just because this has been i I know many of my friends and I have talked about this uh, we're calling this the unsolved mysteries of the movie which stuff that like they kind of leave you hanging, like what happens. We need yeah. Robert. We I wish Robert Stack were still alive. I could maybe try to get him to do a cameo, just <laughs> have him say "unsolved mysteries of the movie" and just use it until he sues me. Joint, perhaps you may be able to help solve a mystery. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, yeah. Which. For our younger audience, if you didn't grow up watching Unsolved Mysteries, that show used to scare the utter dog shit out of me. It did a lot of people.
1: I mean, it creeped me out, too. Yeah. And, like, I told you, my brother and I still remember, like, we don't anymore, but for the longest time after hit, the show had ended, we still remembered the hotline that you could call if you had any tips for the stories <laughs> that they any had. Any tips? Yeah, any tips? Um. But uh, the unsolved mystery of this particular movie is uh, what did Jenny exactly
0: die from? You know, I always thought it was cancer. Oh, see, I I had never heard that. Yeah, see, I always thought it was cancer just Mm -hmm. because, you know, she didn't look necessarily the healthiest when she revealed that they had a son, but she also didn't look like she was necessarily dying either. And... uh, I don't. I just. I always figured it was cancer because Forrest didn't have any health issues, and mm-hmm. their son didn't seem to have any health issues. You know, so right. I was. I always equated it to cancer.
1: Well, uh, researching this, uh, there's two schools of thought. Um, the uh, screenwriter of Forrest Gump, Eric Roth, uh, said in an interview in 2019 that uh, Jenny died of HIV which that seems mm-hmm. to be the consensus because it's kind of an unknown unknown illness. Uh, I think the timeline when she dies is, what, 81, 82? Yeah. So I think that's the very early stages of the AIDS epidemic.
0: Mm-hmm. And so. she was sharing a lot of needles and sleeping with a lot of people, so...
1: Right. Um, Winston Groom, the author, though, says that she died of hepatitis C, which... Uh, but- I put on my medical researcher's cap, which I moonlight as a, a TV doctor. So, um, but I guess apparently hepatitis C really wasn't identified too until like the late '80s. they kind of they knew about it, but they didn't really didn't have a name for it until then. And she mm-hmm. says in the movie that they don't know exactly what it is. It's a uh, an illness. So either one of those makes
0: sense. Um. Yeah, I was gonna say. Unfortunately, I I from personal family members, I know a little bit about hepatitis C. My uncle passed away from hepatitis C. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I know I know a little bit about that. Um. Now, in
1: that same interview with Eric Roth uh, from 2019, uh, I didn't know this at the time. I had heard that they were talking about it, but I didn't really know that they got that far into it. They talked about doing a Forrest Gump sequel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess in the sequel they were going to have it that uh, their son was going to have the HIV virus and it was yeah, going to be him fucking dark living <laughs> with it and I was yeah I seen that I was like I, I, I'm i so glad after I read that I'm like I'm so glad they didn't go forward with that because that just kills everything that made this movie good
0: yeah uh, it I mean this movie is about the underdog winning i mean what kind of kind of winning would it be if if it's about his son going through all the trials and tribulations yeah. of h i v and aids which um this that sequel was actually done, and on september i think it was done on September tenth two thousand one but because of September eleventh they decided to cancel the movie mm. Mm-hmm which I don't, I don't know why they decided to cancel it and not go forward with it, but yeah, something with 9-11 made them not go forward with it. Right. Well,
1: I mean, and the fact that you're going to go take that road, just... Plus, it's to me, it's one of those movies you don't really need a sequel for. Like, just leave it alone. I think we've seen everything we need to see with the Forrest Gump character. Like, I don't really care to revisit him again because then it's just like, you're kind of copying like, what are you going to have him do this time?
0: Right. Yeah. I feel like we got, I feel like we got the closure, you know, it, it started off as the love story between him and Jenny and it ended with the love story of him and Hmm.
1: Yeah. But, um, I don't know, like, I don't know which one would be the reason of her death. I, I would, I would probably go with the, the author because it's his original vision. Right. And basically the job of a screenwriter when you're adapting a book is you take the vision of the author and try to make it into like what would work in a movie. So I'm going to side with Winston Groom. Um, I would really, I know no one really interacts on the socials too much, but if you want to, I would love to hear some input on this particular question. Uh let us know what you think. If you got any interesting theories, uh, you can reach us. Just check out uh, the episode uh, description we have where you can contact us at. so, Hit us up. Let us know your theories on it. Maybe, maybe Jenny was a secret spy and she got poisoned or something. I don't know. That would be kind of cool, too. <laughs> this is a plot twist. Yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, maybe we'll see some more uh, unsolved mysteries of the movie down the road.
0: Oh, I really like this category. I think it's fun.
1: Um, I think Adam, when he puts like the little interludes in between the categories, the unsolved mystery steam would be really cool, but we can't use it. So maybe we'll just have Robert Stack saying unsolved mysteries. That'd be kind of yeah, cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. The final category is uh, who wins the movie. Uh, we're calling this the "I'm the King of the World" award. Still mm-hmm. going with that. I think since we're three well, four episodes into it now we may as well stick with it. I think so.
0: A king of the World Who wins the movie for you? Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks wins this wins this movie. He makes it you know, this is one of the most iconic characters of all time, really. Um he makes he makes you believe that somebody who has a uh, mental disability or and, and a physical disability can overcome it and have have a great life um, you know he shows what it is to love and and not be loved in return and still love somebody even though you shouldn't, which as you know, I've been through that journey mm-hmm. maybe I am a little slow. Um, but I just, just, I don't know, the lines, the soundtrack, him being the front and center of all that. I know you disagree, but I feel like he deserved the Oscar for this. And I feel like this is the best movie of 1994 because of Tom Hanks.
1: Oh, I I never said he didn't deserve the Oscar. I probably would have given it to him too.
0: Really? Mm -hmm. I figured you would have given it to somebody from Shawshank. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, I don't know. Morgan Freeman is pretty awesome as Red. Mm-hmm. I don't but know. But he's not—he's not the lead character in that, though. I he think it's be more of a, a, he would I, be a supporting. Actor. I think
1: it's more of a crime that Tim Robbins didn't get a nomination for that. But we'll save the Shawshank conversation for another another episode, maybe even Fair the Shawshank Redemption episode, maybe. Um, I agree like with you. Something coming down the line. Maybe. Uh I agree with you. I'm gonna give it to Tom Hanks too. Uh yeah, like you said, Forrest is probably one of the most iconic characters, at least of the nineties. The yeah for sure. Um he won a second Oscar for this, uh second in a row. That's only mm-hmm. been done one other time. Uh Spencer Tracy, which our audience, ninety nine percent of them probably don't know who that is. I hope you do. I
0: I also don't know who that is.
1: I am not surprised. Um, I think, uh, this kind of solidified Hanks is the best actor in Hollywood at that point. Um, he went on a run that like, I don't think anybody has rivaled. Uh, I just looked it up just to give you an idea from 92 through 95. He did in a row, a league of their own sleepless in Seattle, Philadelphia,
0: streets of Philadelphia,
1: Forrest Gump, Apollo 13, and Toy
0: Story. Just like those, what was that, two, three years? Just those two, three years right there. Incredible.
1: And then after that, he had uh, Toy Story. I'm trying to think, I can't think of the timelines exactly, but he did uh, Saving Private Ryan, Toy Story 2, The Green Mile. And uh, Castaway.
0: Yeah, it, I mean, which he should have won a, a it,
1: third Oscar for, but
0: yeah, that that run is ridiculous, mm-hmm.
1: though. Uh, but the most important thing I think for me why he wins this movie is like, I know we kind of went over like some of the people that they considered to play for Gump, but I can't see any of them doing it the way he did it and being that good at it. Right. right? Like, some of those are just insulting to think that they were considered, but yeah, I can't see anybody but Tom Hanks as Forrest Gump. I just couldn't do it. And to me, I think that's the sign of like somebody being good at what they do is like, if you can't, they make that role so their own that no one else can pull it off.
0: Yeah. You, you believed that it was, he was Forrest Gump going mm-hmm. through that in his life.
1: Right. So that's who wins it for me.
0: Sounds like we're in agreement. Sounds All like right. we need to send him an award in the
1: mail. You know, I think Tom Hanks would be one of the few people that, if we did send that to him, he'd be like, he would at least like, oh, okay, like he'd just file it in a, like a, like his desk or a filing yeah. cabinet. He just wouldn't crumble up and throw it in the trash like Harrison Ford would have. <laughs>
0: I can see Harrison Ford just a- angrily. What the fuck is this?
1: Yeah, like if, if he would have won the Fugitive and our uh, Raiders episode, he's like, "Why are they fucking sending me this shit again?" <laughs> 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 All right. Well, I mean, uh, I guess uh, final thoughts. Um, this was kind of a, a fun, uh, a fun one to go back and look at. Uh, like I said, it's yeah, over time. It's I it's not as good as I remember it when I seen it in 94. It's it's still a good movie. Mm-hmm. I still enjoy it. I still think it's good, but just like, cause I thought when this came out in 94, I thought this was f- phenomenal. Like I think I've seen this in like the theaters, like three times, like many people. That's why it did so well at the box office. People seen it numerous times. Yeah. But it just, it doesn't resonate with me the way that it did in 94. That to me just, Hasn't aged quite as well as I would expect an iconic movie to do.
0: Yeah, um, I grew up with older parents, um, so like the the soundtrack um, with the you know the classic music, like you know, Creedence Clearwater. Even the mamas and the papas. My mom loved the mamas and the papas. Mm-hmm. So California Dreaming being on there, um, and You know, I like. I really have always been into history, so seeing all the the historical events on there, and then you know, just the the hero tale and the love tale, and you know, just all of that coming together, is why I love this movie so much. Mm -hmm. And I can watch. This is one of. There's not many movies that I can watch repeatedly and never get tired of it, but this is definitely one of them.
1: All right good deal well fun facts uh and interesting stuff all around from lucas so uh glad that we were able to do one of your favorite movies instead of me being in control of everything we do every week so that's kind of cool i liked it too all right and that's going to wrap up this week's episode of the couch potato podcast we hope you liked the uh, forrest gump it was kind of a fun ride uh revisiting that one lucas what do we got on tap for
0: next monday Well, my friend, let me tell you, we got Bad News Bears and, get this, we got a guest who we've never had on the show before.
1: Oh, saucy. Now, we're doing the 1976 Bad News Bears, not the 2005 one, correct?
0: Right, not the shitty Billy Bob Thornton one.
1: Right, okay, cool. We're doing the Walter Matthau one from 1976. And the fact we got somebody brand new is kind of cool, too, so that ought to be a good one.
0: Mm-hmm. Guy, we've known for a really long time.
1: Yeah, and he absolutely adores this movie. So, this ought to be a good one. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, be sure to check us out wherever you listen to podcasts. And until next Monday, we'll see you guys later. Thanks for stopping by, everybody. Bye.